Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Women in Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have a very special guest joining me by the name of Courtney Hensley, who is the true epitome of a multifaceted woman. She carries the title of wife, mother, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and creative director. As a boutique owner, she has combined her passion for fashion, and her love for people to help women embrace their vision and embody their truth. Courtney, please tell the people who you are as a woman in transition. Hi, I'm Courtney Hensley, and I'm a woman in transition because I believe in doing anything that I set my mind to. And I think that we have the power to evolve and live a life that we truly love. I believe that too, Courtney. This is why I wanted to share Courtney's story. We have a lot in common. And like me, she's in a me season. So like some of you, some of us out there, she's a millennial woman who is juggling various roles while learning to prioritize herself without the guilt and the doubt. Can we get an amen to that? Congratulations, girl. Welcome to the growth journey. <laughs> um, so I want to start with your transition into marriage. Who were you before you got married? How did you meet your husband? And what was your overall experience as a millennial wife? So before I got married, well, one thing about me, I've always been very independent and I've always been just I've always wanted to stay true to myself. And so before I got married, I was just that. I was me. I was kind of a rebel. I was just doing whatever I kind of wanted to do in life. I didn't really, you know, know what path I wanted to take or anything like that. Um, But like I said, I was just living life. I had gone to um, fashion school at the Art Institute for like one year. So I kind of had just, I was floating around, if you will. and. you know, I met my husband when I moved away from my hometown. I actually am back in my hometown in Killeen, Texas. And when I was 19, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina to go to cosmetology school. And I could have went here, but I don't know. I think God and my family wanted me to get away from here because like I said, I was true to myself and I was a bit of a rebel. <laughs> and so um, I met my husband when I was 19 years old. So he got married. I was really young and we got married at 21. So, you know, I don't know. Our transition was a little different because it was like we sort of rescued each other from these like volatile paths that we were on. 
Um, and so like, yeah, getting married at 21 and becoming a millennial wife so young, um, it was a bit of a a transition, but what I always told myself and what I still live by today and which is the name of my brand is, um, true by Courtney. And that's kind of like my message. I just, I wanted to stay true, even though I was a wife now and all of that, I wanted to stay true to myself. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that about y'all. So how did y'all meet? Well, (laughs) so, okay. Um, so I was definitely like into the party scene. I was, um, a heavy smoker as well back then. So I don't know how PG you want me to keep it. Girl, keep it real, (laughs) girl. (laughs) My husband, um, he was in the same type of lifestyle, but he was more into the D-boy lifestyle, if I could give it that. We like bad boys. He was a bad boy. And that's what I like. I was very much, like I said, in my rebel phase. And we met actually through my roommate. She was coming home from college campus. And I lived in like college housing. So I wasn't going, he went to UNCC. I wasn't going to UNCC, but um, my cosmetology school, which was Dudley Beauty College, shout out to Dudley, the OG products. But they, they wanted me to live near college students. And so my roommate came home and she was like, I met this guy walking home and we should go over to his house and like have a kickback or his apartment or whatever and have a kickback. And I was like, I don't know, because she had met so many weird people and I had went places with her before and it felt like not safe. Oh. But this time I was like, whatever. So we went over there and that's when I saw my husband, Aww. my Justin, his name is Justin. And yeah, it just was like, we kind of clicked. And so love after, yeah, it was love at first sight. He was real cute. You know, he was wearing his like Ralph Lauren little button down with his little locks or whatever. Yeah, so it was through my roommate that oh, we actually nice. met. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. I I love I love a good love story. I mean, it's always amazing just <laughs> hearing people how they meet their husbands. Cause you know, it's a lot of singles out here. They're just like, how do I meet, you know, how do I meet, you know, my my mate? And it, I think it's a little bit harder now. I think it's easier when we were younger because we like you saying, like you were more open, you know, you were you put yourself out there, you're involved in social scenes and stuff like that, or even just going to class and seeing people in college. And now as an adult, like it's just, I don't know. I guess it's hard out here. <laughs> yeah. When I was young, when, when you're younger, you're a little bit more reckless, like you say, and you're like, yeah. I'll take a chance on exactly. I mean if I get my heart broke, I'm gonna bounce back real quick. But the and, older you get, you're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> right. So now let's shift into your transition into motherhood. What were your initial thoughts since you got married young and you you came from this rubble, you know, lifestyle, all of that? What were your initial thoughts on becoming a mom? What did the mom lifestyle look like, and what influenced your image of millennial motherhood? Um, first of all, I never was maternal. So I never saw myself being a mom. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure I, I knew I was going to like have kids, but I was not one of those people that were like, I just want kids so bad. Like I just, you know, I was like, when it happens, it happens. Yeah. But I got pregnant with my daughter Zoe really soon into my marriage, like really, really, really soon. And so that was a bit of a scare for me because I was learning this new role of being a wife and what, and my husband was still in college too. So we got married in his senior year of college Mm. and we were really struggling like 
it was just not really a good time. And so, um, but obviously God's timing is perfect. So my transition into motherhood was a little bit of a rough one because like I said, we were not there financially and everything, but it really just taught me to like use all of my resources and make the best out of what I had. Like I always dreamt of having like a fancy nursery and all that stuff, but I knew I couldn't have that at this time. And so I would do like, literally I would go to Goodwill and buy stuff and just try to make um, the best that I could with my daughter. And now that I've grown and Justin and I are more financially stable and we've just made leaps and bounds as a, as a couple, um, I'm so grateful looking back on everything now that I have, but yeah, coming into motherhood, you know, like I said, I wasn't super paternal. And so I was trying to decide like what my parenting style was going to be. And, you know, I really just thought about my mom and I lost my mom at 17. And I feel like a lot of the lessons we learn, a lot of the things that we do good, bad, or indifferent are things that we picked up from our parents. And my mom was just very loving, very doting, very kissy, kissy, you know, you're so smart. You're so great. You can do it. So I kind of took on that, um, as a mom, I just tried to make my daughter, um, as independent as possible. And then shortly after I got pregnant with my son. And so they're 17 months apart. Now that was my real introduction to motherhood because having two kids under two, it was rough. And uh, it was rough. You know, you got one. I don't know. There's probably some moms listening who can relay, but you got one kid. You're trying to get them out of the pampers. You got the other kid. They're just getting into the pampers. You got bottles. And it just was a lot. Um, But again, I always would tell myself, like, Courtney, you're not going to lose yourself in this. You still have to be, find a way to be yourself and be the best um, mother and wife to these people <laughs> that are in your life that you're sharing your life with. So yeah, I just, I really just tried to be, um, as loving and as strong as possible. I love that. That is so true. Um, and I love that you said like, regardless of it all, you were like, you gotta be true to yourself. You know what I'm saying? I love that because, um, you know, especially today in today's time, you know, we have these certain images of what a wife and what a mom looks like. And sometimes it's just unrealistic, you know what I'm saying? And, and I love that regardless of what the image is out there, you know, when people say that they're doing what works for them, you know, and it just brings me to this random question. Um, that I, I like to ask, especially moms, because mom, what is it? Influencer mom life is very heavy on Instagram right now. Everybody makes motherhood look so easy. Their children are always dressed and hair is combed and groomed. Do you feel pressure to portray a more put together or positive image of those roles? Um, and, and do you appreciate other platforms showing the realities of these roles? Yeah, there was times I felt really pressured. Um, Like at one point I was really pursuing being an influencer. And then I just realized like my path was a little bit different. I wanted to really focus on my own business and stuff. But when I was pursuing that, um, I really did. I felt like, oh my God, my house isn't the right color scheme. I don't have all the nice stuff. Um, My kids, I need to go buy them all the cutest Zara clothes so we can take family pictures and all of that. And I definitely fell victim to it. But like you said, I am, I'm more of like a realist and I, 
if I was to share mommy content, I don't even really share my kids that much online because they don't even really like it. Like it's so hard for me to get them to take pictures. It's so hard. My husband is kind of like the same way. He don't even really be trying to take pictures. So if you go on my page, you're gonna be like, oh my God, where's her family? They don't be trying to be on there like that. <laughs> and I respect that. Um, but I definitely felt pressured, like, oh my, I need to make cute meals. I need the cute little plates. And it made me really depressed at one point because I felt like I didn't have that. And it was making me feel like what I had was inadequate. And so um, I just turned within myself and I was like, you know what, Courtney, this is your life. This is where you are. And there's a lot of women that are in this same place who just have a realistic life. And even those women who curate their homes and their kids and all that, because I have done it before. Like I tried it and I realized I'm like, I'm, I'm making all this happen. Like this, my house wasn't this clean before we took the pictures. My kids, I'm like making all this happen for this moment, for this content. Because the reality is when you turn the camera off, the kids got toys everywhere and they want to play music and they, and it's just not reality. I love when people show reality, which is why I kind of like TikTok because I felt like being on there, I'm like, oh, these moms are so like, I could relate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're so real. I could relate. They're like, oh my God, my kids had dry cereal for breakfast. I'm like, me too. I couldn't do it this morning. I was tired. Like. So I, if I was to ever share mom content, it would be relatable, but I, I do fear like sometimes the backlash and the, um, the judgment, like the mommy world is very judgmental. Yes. It's so, it's like, even when I was, um, having my daughter Zoe, which is my first child, I was like, do I breastfeed or do I not breastfeed? Because I was on this mommy app and they were like bashing all of the formula feeding moms. And I was like, oh my God. They're going to bash me on this app if they know I'm going to not breastfeed. So there's a lot of things and you got the vegan moms and you got, so you just have to find your place and do what works for your household because your home is your reality, not necessarily your content. Content is beautiful and it's powerful, but you want to really be settled in what you live in every second of every day. Definitely. And it makes it easier when you're living your true lifestyle because it, you know, it's, it's less effort and time. It curating, like you say, in your home. And if you do have a mate or kids who are not into the whole camera thing, I totally can relate. My husband was not into the taking photos, doing videos, doing a couple stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like how you see it. And it's like, Dang, why not? But that's just not their personality. And and they don't have to. You decided to, you know, do this. This is what you want to do. So, you know, so right. I'm, I'm glad you, you said that you made a lot of good points. And that's exactly how I feel, you know, about like sharing like the reality of stuff. I do appreciate when people are a little more open because it's very obvious when it is curated and when this is not like the norm, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And the moms know they're like, girl, thank you. But you know, it's just, you know, when you're in it, like I said, it's just like, you'd be like, that didn't happen like that, but you respect it and you enjoy the content or whatever. And, you know, I will say like motherhood content has helped me to gain uh, a positive about it. It's helped me to gain perspective on different ways of parenting and learn to respect other people's ways of parenting. So that is a plus. Because there are mommies that share things, you know, and I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it that way or yeah. whatever. Um, but I think in all that you do, whether it be motherhood or whatever, anything you're sharing, always be just true and, and honest as possible because that's what helps people. For sure. 
So how do you balance these two roles? Um, and do you put motherhood over being a wife? Why do you, because I think this happens a lot. Like, you know, I have the Millennial Wives Club and just listening to different people's like stories all the time. Like, it just seems like that's like a battle. Like, which do you, is it such a thing as balancing the two? Like, what have been some of your hardest moments in trying to balance the two roles? Yeah, in my house, you know, we we're very uh faith-based. So we teach we keep God first. And so if God is first, he's going to show us how and when we need to put more emphasis on certain things. And maybe maybe today it's I need to focus on my kids because like right now the school is closed because of the weather. And so it's a very kid-heavy day, you know, and my husband's working and so it's like I have to focus on them. I really try to take it day by day. I don't put like a stamp on it. Like he's first and y'all are second or y'all are first and he's second. And really my husband and I just as a team, we put our kids first together so that it doesn't feel like, you know, yeah, I'm putting them above him or whatever. And then, like I said, we'll have days where it's like, okay, it's date night and we not thinking about them kids at all. Like my cousin's coming, somebody coming to watch the kids. We not thinking about them, you know, but like day to day basis, we all, try to care for and put each other first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really mean that. Like my kids are super, mom, are you okay? I love you. Dad, what you doing? Let, I mean, he'll be on like on a conference call and they're like, you okay? And I'm like, can't mess with your dad. So that sounds really um, cheesy, but that is really my truth. Like we, my husband and I, we purpose to both as a team, like we're going to put our kids first together. And what we really are trying to teach our kids is to be independent. Like we don't want our kids to be codependent on us. We don't want them to not know how to think for themselves or do for themselves. Um, And so we're just trying to instill this independence and values into them because pretty soon like we'll be empty nesters and they'll be have gone on and, and it will be just us. And so when you do have kids, there is a level of, in some respects, you do have to put your children first. Because they depend on you for everything. They can't cook. They can't go buy their clothes. They can't drive themselves to school, you know? And so just like common sense wise, it's like we're caring for two little humans that don't know how to do nothing, you know? So um, I think it's really important that you and your spouse put the kids first together. And it's not like a thing where it's like, it's me or them, you know, because mm-hmm. kids can definitely come between, um, you know, relationships. I'm my son's a mama's boy. And so sometimes my husband would be like, put that boy down. You know why? why? I'm like, you better leave my son alone, you know? <laughs> so, and same thing with our daughter. She's very, if she asks her dad for anything, he gives it to her. I'm like, does she even earn this? Like, what are we doing? So, <laughs> you know, we, we talk so often. We were just talking last night. We talked so often about the kids and what we want to teach them and how are we going to handle this thing that's happening in the world so it's really just it's a team effort from the whole family yes I love that that's what I was going to say that's what I was hearing when you were saying teamwork and communication you know you you and your husband communicate that I think that's why that works for sure um and I think that's very important in any kind of marriage and then the fact that 
you are raising your kids to be independent. I think it's very beautiful. I think it's very necessary because that is the reality um, of the situation. Like they're going to have to go off and <laughs> be their own little human. You know, that the little, the little humans return into big humans and they need to learn how to fend for themselves, especially in the world that we're in right now. So I think that's very, very beautiful. Um, everything that you just said. Um, in addition to being a wife and a mom, you are also a business owner. Do you work full time? So it's so interesting because my family, I grew up in ministry and my family has a church. And so I worked in ministry from the time I moved back to Texas from Charlotte, which has been about like six years. And I love um, working in ministry. But once I started my store, um, slowly I like shifted to part-time. And now I think by my two-year mark, which will be in May, I'm going to go ahead and go full-time. It looks like I'm full-time in my store because my schedule is so flexible with me working in ministry. Um, but I'm, I actually do still have a job. So oh, nice. nice. I have a job. Yes, I do. <laughs> People are always surprised when I also say I work full-time because it does like when you, when you have all these things, you know, these titles, these things that you're involved in, it just looks like, yeah, this is what I do full-time, but that's good. Okay. So you, you work. So when it comes to your branding and all these other things, do you have a team or is it just you? Do you outsource? And what does a typical day look like for you? Juggling all these things. Yeah, I know. So right now it's just me um, in terms of like doing the website updates, doing the buying. Now, recently, literally within like three, the last three weeks, my little sister, she has kind of stepped in and helped me um, on my buying days. And she's really helping me stay focused on certain tasks that I can kind of like just because by nature, I just, I'm not super structured. I'm working through that right now. So, but for the most part, it's literally me from what am I going to post today? Email marketing, text marketing. And then of course I work with the photographer who is like the bread and butter because you need so many pictures when you have an online store. So, you know, um, a typical day for me, um, it can, it looks like waking up, checking my emails, seeing if there was any sales last night, um, and just working on things that I had planned for the day before, whether it is buying day or I need to ship orders. Um, I'm really just now getting into a more like systematic way of running my store. Mm -hmm. And so what I used to do every day is kind of changing because I have a schedule now, but prior to my schedule, and this is new. So I'm only going to speak from like what I used to do prior to me having a schedule. I would just go with the vibes. I'm like, you know what? I think I want to make a TikTok or I want to do this. And I want to, and that was fun because I love being that free rebel spirit of myself. You know, I do what I want to do and I enjoy creating, but I'm, I've learned that if I really want to scale my business and have something sustainable, there has to be like real strong systems in place. And so now my day looks like scheduling my day. And it's so hard, but I made it cute. So to help me, like deal with the organization everything has to be very cute because I'm like I just don't want to be looking at like gray folders or something like I don't know um <laughs> so like your office back there like yeah that's you know it got to be cute yeah so yeah and then if I have tasks for my job I do a lot of things online based so if we have an event coming up I'll do event scheduling 
I'll do website updates. And so it's just, it's kind of just task by task, day by day type of thing. Okay. So what inspired you to start a fashion boutique, your fashion boutique True by Courtney? And have you always been into fashion? Oh my God. Of course, like a fashion, you're a fashion girl too. So I'm like, you know, we were born into fashion. I promise. It's like, when you're a fashion girl, you're just a fashion girl. Like you just love it. Um, I've been this way since I was literally a kid and um, I went to private school growing up and I just remember like hating the fact that I had to wear uniforms. And so there was no way around it. Like I would fight with my mom. Like, can I just have like a bow tie or something? My mom would be like, no, like these are the uniforms. And so I would play with my hair. My godmother was a hairstylist. And so she would let me do these like, you know, twisties with the butterfly clips. And that's how I would like express myself and stand out. Um, That's kind of how it started. And then, um, of course, growing up in church, I had the outlandish church dresses and the ruffle socks and all the bows. And I just remember feeling so pretty and so powerful when I was dressed and when I just had my hair done. Um, And I really wasn't like, I hated school. Okay. So I didn't um, necessarily excel in the way my mom would have wanted to. Like my daughter just made the A honor roll. And I was like, I never did that, but it wasn't because I couldn't, the environment was just not for me, you know? And so going to school and stuff, I would like, I made straight A's and getting dressed. Like, that's just how I would express myself. Like, you know, like Rihanna's quote, she can be me, but she can't be my outfit. I'd be like, yeah, y'all got all the A's, but you ain't got this fit though. So, so um, it just was how I felt empowered and how I felt spoken for was through clothes. And I wanted to just bring that to other women. And, you know, I feel like the everyday getting dressed is so important and it can be so challenging. And so I, my store offers things like, um, matching sets and dresses, things that help women get dressed easily for like their everyday life. Yes. Full looks. Yes. That's how I like to shop too. That's all I like to wear. Dresses, two pieces, jumpsuits. I do not pretty, I don't have a lot of, like, I don't wear pants a lot. I don't have a lot of jeans and tops. Like I, I need a full look. That's it. Yes. <laughs> I can yes. get it on it and, and be, and be done with it. Yes. And shout out to your store. I saw that you launched it and I was like, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm look, I'm a baby in this game. Well, it, you know, I, my, full-time job is buying but it's in at for Neiman Marcus and so it's uh yeah that's my that's what I've been doing that's (laughs) that's my full-time job (laughs) no you that's not you can't say that casually okay that's that's a drop the job girls dream of like that's amazing I did not know that yes but the thing about it is when you work with those luxury political brands it's less creativity you know what I'm saying it's not like when we're doing, you know, buying for our stores and we can kind of add our own personality and and do what works for us, it's it's no room for that. You're basically being told what you need to buy because, you know, this is what they want you to buy. So that's why I started my boutique. I was like, okay, after watching this and doing this for so long, I'm just like, I just want to do my own. (laughs) I've always wanted to do my own, but I just was also like, I mean, everybody doing this. So you know, I fell into that trap. And then I just was like, F it, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Like, and see, and see, and hope it works. I was like, everybody always 
you know, likes, likes my taste, like what I got on. So I was like, we'll see, let's see how this goes, but you have mastered this thing. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm still learning every day, like I said, and really learning my brand. Like it's so crazy because you launch a boutique and you think, you know, but yes. over time it's like your brand shows you who it is. Yes. The women that love it through the things that are selling through, it just kind of evolves into its own taste. And so um, even though I am like the CEO of it and I'm operating everything and it's my decisions, I'm really looking at like what my customers and what my brand is really saying to me um, from the things that I've like envisioned and stuff like that. So I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm trying my best to master it. <laughs> yes, you, you got it, girl. You got it down. I love your brand. What have you learned about yourself, though, since starting your business? Oh my God. <laughs> um, I've learned that, first of all, I'm a big crybaby. Um, <laughs> I've learned that, you know, it's what started my business has made me face everything that I've ever ran from within myself. I've had to face it through this process and I've learned that I'm such a fighter and I really can do anything I set my mind to like, um, and I've also learned that just having faith and doing the work is really all it takes. Like you can't have one or the other. You have to have both. Um, I've learned that I'm way more creative and way more talented than I would ever give myself credit for. And those are not things that we say out loud about ourselves, unless you're like Kanye West, you know? <laughs> so it's like, we have to speak those things and say those things. Like you got to hype yourself up. And I've just learned to, to do that and trust my gut. Um, there's been so many lessons because I was just telling my friend the other day, I feel like my personal life and my business go hand in hand because I am my business, you know? And so learning, like I said, I'm a little bit unorganized. Um, I like to just be a free spirit. Well, you can't do that in business. So I'm learning, you know, a lot of things and I'm challenging myself to make the changes because I really want my business to work. So it's been a lot of lessons. Yes, I love that. Listen, speaking of Kanye West, I think I'm gonna do a whole episode about his documentary on Netflix. Have, have you been watching it? I started it. So I was just telling my friend this too. I started it. I don't know why. It, it made me so like sad, like nostalgic, sentimental, sad. I don't know. I told him a crybaby. Oh. I don't know because of like what he was going through currently. Yeah. And then looking back. But I did start it. And I've been a Kanye fan since I probably was like in sixth grade when my dad first introduced me to his music. Oh so I love him. But the documentary, is it good? Listen, I was not a Kanye fan. I wasn't a Kanye hater. I just was like, oh, okay, cool songs, whatever, cool dude, whatever. That's it. Oh, he a little crazy, whatever. But watching the documentary, it was very inspiring. Like the things that we're talking about right now, like the things you're learning about yourself in business and just the, the concept of even what you just said about like, we don't give ourselves enough credit. You know what I'm saying? I think for fear of not being seen as a humble person and right. the fact that this man has always, you know what I'm saying, been what he is and what we see today, like these look confident, confident in himself, believing in himself, even when nobody was messing with him, like that documentary, like 
he was trying to, you know, brand himself as a rapper. And they were like, nah, you make beats. Like, you know, like telling him what he was. And he was telling them, no, like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You're going to see it one day. And mm-hmm. I was like, I appreciate that energy because I don't know where in life, you know, we felt like believing in ourselves out loud was like a brag or you know it seemed in like a negative way but you need to have some type of confidence you know what I'm saying to even believe in yourself to do the things that you want to do like right I I love this I love this man like I'm just getting life from the two episodes now we're gonna learn who we changed into but the Mm -hmm. old Kanye you know when people say oh I miss the old Kanye da 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 I see what they mean now because I didn't know who he was and I, I didn't really like really listen to him like that so it was just inspiring <laughs> yeah he's really taught me that life lesson like and I will say to like my friends and family like oh I'm a genius or I'm this maybe like what and I'm like no I am I said so like because I, I said so like yes. and as long as you believe in you and you believe that people can't take that from you and people hate that yeah but it's like you just gonna have to hate it because you, yes. you can't stop me. Why would you want me to think the opposite? You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like enough of feeling down on ourselves. Like I'm good. I'm gonna think that. I think exactly. I'm beautiful. I just cannot say, oh, I think I'm pretty out loud, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, now I will say that because people for years I did not feel that way. Yeah. And when I got the strength and the power within myself to feel that way about myself, I'm like, oh, y'all just gonna have to deal with it. Yes. I'm pretty. The sky is blue and I'm pretty. You know, and every woman should feel like that. I don't care what feature, facial feature you don't like. I don't care what your body type is. I don't care. You have to take it all, sum it all up and say, I am pretty. It's a fact. I'm beautiful. It's a fact. I'm smart. It's a fact, you know? So he definitely taught me that lesson. He's very, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yes. And, and very passionate. Like you have to be passionate about you. (laughs) just like you are about everything else (laughs) so we talked about you being a wife a mom and mogul all of those things sound so glamorous and amazing it's definitely things we should be proud of but it's also a lot of work and trying to balance and juggle all of these things successfully can cause you to neglect yourself in the process. And I'm not a mom yet. And I've definitely lost myself to trying to be the best wife, help other people, build a whole community, manage, you know, brands and businesses. And last year, I decided to make to dedicate last year to being my year of self, where I did a deep dive each month, thinking and feeling about the different aspects of self, like self-awareness, self-love, self-confidence, self-care. And I faithfully went to therapy and I talked a lot about it um, on Instagram and on this podcast. So what does living happy and fulfilled what does that look like for you and has social media impacted your opinion on this yeah um in terms of like because you mentioned you know self-care and how how do you do it and everything like that um I too you know I had to take some time and really look at myself like what's going on inside am I really happy or am I social media happy like you just said um what do I want to look you have to ask yourself those questions 
so that you can start the journey of living a fulfilled life. And and if you don't, you'll just be kind of like wandering around mindless with no real goals, no real intentions, no real like parameters on how you treat people and how you treat yourself, you know? So I think for me, living a fulfilled life is helping other people is being connected with other women, which is why I love your platform and what you've done. You know, we connected years back and I just thought it was so awesome. And I still do um, what you do for women. Um, I think that life is not fulfilling if you're not helping other people. I just can't imagine like getting all this land and all this money and all these cars and just being consumed by like material, literally things that a tornado or a storm or anything can wash away. But love and joy and peace and strength, those things can't be washed away by the weather. They can't be taken away just, you know, from from people. It's something that you get to possess and you get to control and it's your power. So, yeah, for me, living a fulfilled life, it's two parts because I absolutely want to be successful. I see myself in a certain place. But when I really think about my, my fulfilled life, because it does look different for everybody, you have to define the terms. What will make me feel fulfilled? Everybody does not want to be a philanthropist and everybody. So you have to define the terms. You know, I think that's really important. You can't, what makes you feel fulfilled and what makes me feel fulfilled may not make your audience feel that way. So it's important for, again, you go on that journey and ask yourself, what do I really want out of life? It's so sweet and so short. So what do I want to do while I'm here on this quest, on this journey? Um, But yeah, for me, living a fulfilled life would be really helping other women doing what I'm doing, whether it's opening a business or just being able to say, oh, I am pretty or I am smart or whatever the case may be. Knowing and believing that too, (laughs) not just even saying it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because we can say a lot of affirmations. We can say a lot of words, but if you believe it, it doesn't matter. You're literally just wasting your breath and your time. And so- you have to really like abide in the things that you say and abide in the things that you believe in. And that words come to life because you live them, not because you say them, you know? So you're very, you're very right. They have to believe it. Yes. I love that. So what can we find Courtney doing when she's not being a wife, mom, and mogul? What do you like to do? I really, I really like to go out by myself. I would love when I have the time, I haven't really had the time to like do a lot of things that I like to do currently, just because of the season I'm in, I'm, I'm in grind season, you know, and that's not always, like I said, it's a season. (laughs) Um, but right now, you know, I'm in that season, but if I wasn't, if I had more time and all of that, I love to go to like the shopping center, walk around. That's really relaxing to me. I like to touch clothes. I like to have a good meal. I like to go to the lake. I'm very, um, I'm a tourist. I think you are too. Am I making that up? I'm a Gemini, so really close. Oh, close, okay. Um, I'm a, I'm a tourist, so I'm very earthy. I'm very, you know, just like, I love to, I love scents. I'm very simple, very mm-hmm. simple, honestly. Um, going out to eat. I love to get dressed. So the the things you see me doing for work are also the things I oddly enjoy for pleasure. So there's not a lot of separation there. I would love to travel more and I'm looking to do that this year. Obviously, you know, couple last couple of years, we couldn't um, as much as I would have wanted to. So now I'm looking forward to like traveling a little bit more because that's something I haven't really gotten to do a lot in my life as an adult. I did go places as a kid, but as an adult, I haven't really had the chance. So Yes, same for me. Last year, I 
spent the year traveling <laughs> in my year of self. Yes. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it because yeah, I too didn't really go anywhere either. And I was just like, this is just uh, a added benefit to this whole self-discovery, self-love, self, you know, all of that. So I encourage you to definitely uh, do that. And I can only imagine like what it'll do for you with, you know, this journey that you're on right now. Um, Cause all work and no play is no fun. No fun. So yeah, I definitely plan on this year. Um, and, and I, you know, I think it's important to recognize too, like what season you're in. Cause I'm not into like grind culture where people are like, I work and don't sleep. I work. And, no, I think that it comes in season. Like last year was your me season. Me season should always continue, you know, but that was a season you were able to do so much in that time frame with yourself. And so, um, when I get out of this grind season, which I think by like May-ish, I'll be a little bit more freed up. Um, I definitely just want to just exhale and enjoy everything that I've done. And um, even though it's only been two years in business and everything like that, I just want some time to like sit back and just like, look at it. Like you yeah. did. You and appreciate it. Yes. Yes, because yes. that's what that's what um, a lot of people don't do. So I'm glad you're even thinking about that and trying to make time to do that, because that's kind of like why I started this podcast, because I was like, we're so focused on moving on to the next thing, pushing through, you know, is heavily encouraged in life. And so we don't realize the growth that we, you know, we were here, we had this goal, we made, we met this goal, and now we're here. You know, we just live in the I'm here and, you know, keep stay focused. We never look back and get to appreciate, um, you know, where we come from and, and and how we are literally living out our dreams. You know, even though it was a former dream that is now, you know, something you're done with, we need to definitely take the time to appreciate our journey and how far we've come so that we can stay humble. You know, <laughs> there's another way we can stay humble and yeah. motivated. And inspired by ourselves. Love it. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Do you think more and more millennials are suffering from this? And do you suffer from this? Um, I have, but as I'm growing and like I said, having more of that um, Kanye mentality, if you will, I really want to defeat that because I feel like that's our insecurities. That's things that we picked up along the way. Some things happen to us where we were made to believe you don't deserve this. Even if you worked your butt off for it, some way, somehow we're like, I feel bad for having this, or I'm really not good enough to be here. But I saw this quote on TikTok that said, if you weren't ready, the opportunity wouldn't have presented itself. And I feel like we need to live in that more. Like if you weren't ready, if you had not done the work, if you had not did whatever it was, the opportunity wouldn't have presented itself. And so I have in the past suffered from that, but now I'm trying my best um, to just know like, this is what God has for me. This is what I want. This is what I'm working towards. And I belong in these rooms. I belong in this space. If my store hits a million dollars in sell, I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm not going to feel like, well, well, I shouldn't be doing that because somebody else. No, I, I did the work, you know, and I want more women to feel that way. Um, social media can make you feel all type of ways. 
But like I said, it's so important to stay true to yourself and stay in your real reality, um, not the metaverse all the time. Um, and sometimes it helps alleviate a lot of those mental struggles we're having. And that within itself is a whole different topic. But yeah, I, I don't struggle with imposter syndrome anymore. And, and, and I can confidently say I'm on my way to like pushing that out of my life. Now, I always want to stay humble. And it's good to get nervous. Someone told me, because I did like a class for Black Business Week and I was, the imposter syndrome was like coming. And I was like, "Eh." and I was just nervous a little bit. And after the class, this guy told me, he's like, it's good to be nervous. That means you care. So being nervous is good. I was like nervous this morning, a little bit coming onto the podcast. And I was just like praying and worshiping like, Lord, please let me do this right. And it's because I care, you know, so being nervous is is one thing, but thinking I don't deserve it and all that girl that goes out of the trash that's under your feet. That is not true. I love that. Do you, do you think it's harder to become or unbecome? In other words, change is constant. It's going to happen. And we're either striving to become who we want to be or unbecome the old ways in order to become who we need to be. So do you, which do you think is harder? I think they both. So, cause sometimes we become things and it wasn't our fault. You know, Mm -hmm. things have happened to us, Mm -hmm. just life, you know, um, I became addicted to smoking marijuana and popping pills. And I did pick those things up, but I became that way because of my circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, and then everything you become, that's not good. At some point you have to unbecome. Yeah. You know, and, and I really think, I'm, I mean, I guess if I had to choose because of where I'm li- what I'm going through right now, I think unbecoming for me currently is so it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult if you've been unorganized since you were like five and you just like, I know where everything is, but nobody else knows where it is, right. you know? And so unbecoming habits and traits and mind patterns and things like that. If you're struggling with like a mental health issue, unbecoming anxious is really hard. You know, becoming anxious probably happened to you. So untying these like knots and soul ties and strongholds are so challenging. But I I really believe that by unbecoming, you become, you know, you got, you got to let go yeah, it's like a, it's really like an evolution. Like you gotta let go of something to become something else. You gotta let go to go on. Yeah. You know, and then so I feel like it's it's a cycle. Like you're gonna hit both at different times, and they're both hard. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah. it was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, but no, I agree. I agree. Unbecoming is hard. These are habits and traits that, like you said are a result of situations you've been put in and and things that you just kind of just become. And then when you decide you want to grow, you do have to like leave those things. So it involves you getting out of your comfort zone, leaving the known, going into the unknown in order to, you know, be who you want to be that we do that in business. We do that in marriage. We do that in motherhood, you know, certain things that you learned about those things. You kind of got to leave those to the side and decide like this is what I want for myself and stick to that and so it's like you said it's an evolution we all go through it so I'm, I'm yeah that's I agree with you so yeah. we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back hey girl hey 
This podcast is sponsored by the Millennial Wives Club. We are a community of supportive women who just so happen to be millennial wives, hence the name. We are actually more than just wives. We are mothers, we are bosses, we are friends, we are leaders in our community, daughters, sisters, and so much more. Despite the name, the Millennial Wives Club, you do not have to be a wife to join the club, but you do have to aspire to be a wife. If you are a woman, who has a passion for connecting and supporting like-minded women, looking for a tribe to remind you that you are not alone, and don't mind going places with strangers who turn into sister friends, join us. Just go to the website, themillennialwivesclub.com slash join the club for more details on how to join your local chapter or how to start your own. All right, girl, we'll see you then. Now let's get back into the show. All right, we're back. Thank you so much, Courtney, for joining us on this show. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and getting to know you. I'm excited to launch this episode so that you can inspire and empower so many women out there who are in the same transition as you. Um, We're going to end this episode on your important message you think it's important for more women to hear more of yeah i think that it's important for women to not settle um on anything you can have anything that you put your mind to don't settle in the relationship don't settle on the job don't settle on i'm not good enough i'm not this enough i really want women to push themselves out of their comfort zone so that they can become who they want to be. And also if you have lost everything, because some women have gone through so many things, if you, if you lose everything, but you have God, you can start over again. So that is, that's my message to women. I want you to feel empowered. And I know life is so big and there's so many things happening, but create your space of peace within your own life so that you have strength for this journey. That's a beautiful message and a beautiful way to end this episode. Thank you again, Courtney, so much, really, truly for joining us today. And until next time, guys. Well, all right, friends, that's all I got. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia or at the Millennial Wise Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Step out of my comfort zone, I'm not afraid. See, I don't want to block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let all the people that's no good for me. See, I'm fully. That I can do this, yep, I can make it I'm an entrepreneur with integrity I like nothing, I ain't no sense of jealousy